Happy New Year! Uh, a little late, but welcome back to episode three of the Campfire Chat. Our goal with the Campfire Chat podcast is to bring you news updates, upcoming events, important dates, and information on how you can support Camp Iodesica. Andrew. Daniel. How's it going? Going pretty well. Great. Been waiting on this for quite some time. I know. It's my fault. I'm like, hey, Andrew, we'll we'll record this day or this day. And then um, before you know it, it's almost a month later. Yeah, it's like two and a half weeks later, we finally sit down and do this. Yeah. So, so really sorry. Um, well, since so much time has gone, since so much time has gone by, maybe we should look back at some of the awesome things that have happened over the last um, month or so here or not quite two months, but a month and a half yeah. uh, since we recorded right before Christmas. But we did a uh, summer camp registration opened up, so things are looking pretty good there. Really excited about the upcoming summer. I think we almost have 150 people signed up for camp uh, here already uh, just at the beginning of February. So really excited about that. Now, we also had the middle school retreat and snow Olympics. Uh, I was gone for those. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I'll let you take this one, Andrew. Yeah, sure. Um, winter retreat and snow Olympics and everything. Uh, we had about 56, uh, in attendance. Uh, snow Olympics went great. We had great weather for it. The sun even came out for about 15 minutes and everyone was just like, what is this giant ball of burning gas in the sky? We haven't (laughs) seen it in such a long time, but it was, it was kind of warm. Um, the ice was pretty wet. Because all the snow that we had on the ice was melting, and so there's some puddles during uh, broom ball, and the the figure eight, the sled pull that we were doing was probably uh, Dylan and my favorite event to watch for sure. Um, for those who don't know, you have a kid sit in one of the plastic like disc sleds, and two others are pulling them around a figure eight against another team that's also pulling someone around in the figure eight, so they naturally almost collide at some point and it's kind of funny to watch some of them hurdle and you can tell which one before it even happens is going to decide that they don't want to risk it (laughs) and then once in a while you have those two groups that go head to head and they're just like no one's breaking and they just collide and it just completely kills all momentum for both teams but oh it was a lot of fun to watch yeah that's that's called the lazy the lazy person toe um i believe is the uh the name for that that activity um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I saw. I come back. I was I was in Texas because I had a uh, a cousin of mine got married, so I was down in Texas for the weekend. Uh, this is the first middle school retreat I have missed uh, since I, I actually ended up missing the very first one that I was here uh, for. Uh, I think twelve or thirteen years ago, um, and so I haven't missed one since then. Uh, so it was a little a uh, little uh, bittersweet because obviously I'm with all my family at a wedding, but. Uh, missing, I w- and it obviously it was it was Texas, so it mm-hmm. was a lot warmer. Uh, I really enjoyed that about being down there, but certainly missed all the activities and all the fun that that was had um, at that one. Um, and uh, hey, for the other big news, really, uh, is that we have a new staff person here at Camp Iodesica, and uh, we hired a site manager, a new site manager uh, here at the camp, Mr. Dylan Lampy. So many of you will know Dylan. Uh, he's been on camp the last couple of summers uh, as a staff person here, uh, doing a lot of stuff with uh, horses. And then, uh, well, Dylan, what what did you do the last couple of summers? <laughs> you got a little bit of everything, didn't you? Yeah, I think it did a little bit of everything. I started with the horses as uh, as the um, wrangler, and then 
about halfway through the summer when we got really busy, you had me be a counselor as well. So I did a lot of that and a lot of just general support. And then my second summer, I was hired as a zip master. But by the end of the summer, I was the not only the zip master, but also the lifeguard. I was the uh, horse wrangler. Um, I was a counselor uh, and basically did whatever else needed to be done. Yeah. Like everything. Well, welcome to Camp Life uh, for uh, for doing so many different things around here. Uh, so tell everybody where you are from and, uh, and and what's your history with the camp? I grew up in Reedland, Iowa, which is about half an hour north of Waterloo. Uh, I came to camp for probably six or seven years. I uh, came to this camp, and I also went to a Boy Scout camp uh, in Gowanus. Um, graduated high school in 2016, went to Iowa State, majored in animal ecology, and I just graduated in December of 2019, and here we are. Great. Um, any uh, any specific camp memories that pop up uh, that that you just think, oh, I remember this uh, this from my time here at camp when I was a uh, when I was a when I was a kid growing up. I think one of the most fun things I remember is um, we had a lot of singing contests. Uh, I remember one skit night. Um, it kind of turned into a singing competition with. Uh, me and Janelle Beckman. Oh, really? <laughs> I guess it's Janelle Bless now. Yeah, Janelle yeah, Bless. Yeah. Um, that, I think, was one of the most fun ones. Um, did, did Who won the singing competition? I think I did. Oh, yeah. Definitely. So you have a Not great singing close. voice? Oh, yeah. Okay. Definitely. Mainly, I can just sing louder than everybody else. So this was at skit night? Or yeah. was it? Okay. Yep. Uh, a lot of the pranks we did, I remember some of those. Um, I think we were part of the reason that pranks had to be slowed down a little bit. Yes, I believe in <laughs> two thousand nine we started <laughs> we started tapering those down a little bit. Um, well, yeah, and so obviously, you know, you, so you've got this great history with the camp of of coming here as a as a camper and then as a staff. You know, you've really gotten to see our mission of what we do. Uh, you know, why was working here something that you really wanted to get into now that you finished up with college? Well, when I was growing up, camp always was something I looked forward to every single year. Uh, I always made a lot of friends here, people that I didn't ever expect to meet, uh, people that have actually ended up crossing paths with again. Um, camp was always uh, one of my favorite places to go just because I always enjoyed being outside, um, all the activities we did. Um, anyway, I thought it was a really special place and it's a thing that not a lot of kids get to do anymore. They don't Mm -hmm. spend as much time outside. So I think for kids coming to camp and just spending a week outside, completely unplugged from the outside world, from the internet, I think that's a really good, um, it's a really good place for kids to be for at least a week. And those experiences really carry with you through your entire life. And I think that that was one of the biggest reasons I came here is because I wanted to be able to share that experience uh, with other kids. Awesome. Awesome. Well, that's Dylan. Um, you guys will certainly be uh, having the chance to meet Dylan and, and get to know him as you come on camp. Um, certainly if you're working with a volunteer group or uh, setting up a volunteer project here, you'll certainly be working with Dylan uh, as we set that up. So Dylan, welcome aboard on behalf of the, all the camp staff and the board and all the people who are part of Camp Idaseka. It's great to have you here. Yeah, it's good to be here. So, Daniel, with your cousin's wedding, did you actually get to watch the Super Bowl over well, that weekend? Well, yeah, yeah. So uh, a bit of context for that. It was the same weekend that the middle school retreat and Snow Olympics were. Um, so, no, I did not get to watch the Super Bowl because my cousin got married on Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, it was at like The wedding was at like 3.30 in the afternoon. 
And so, so I did not get a chance to really watch it. I saw a little bit of the end of the game because there was like a, how to say it, a groomsman locker room at the wedding reception place. And there was like a TV in there. So we snuck out of the wedding party after dinner to watch a little bit of the end of the game. Um, so I, I did get to catch, catch some of it, but uh, I didn't get to see all of it. Did you get? Did you rewatch the other parts that you missed, or did you? Means it's not the Vikings, just not care. It's Ooh. like, <laughs> come on now, uh, just because I'm a Vikings fan, and we don't get to go to the Super Bowl very often or ever, um, doesn't mean I don't watch the Super Bowl. Uh, but it does prompt an interesting uh, uh, question. Uh, you know, the Super Bowl is a great sporting event. Um, Andrew, do you have any sporting events that that you're just thinking, oh, this was a great sporting event. I mean, we got, we just had the Super Bowl. We got March Madness mm-hmm. coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I consider it a great sporting event, but the Masters is coming up, the golf uh, uh, tournament. Um, so uh, this prompted a discussion of, you know, hey, what are some of the favorite sporting events uh, that you've been to, or you know, would have liked to have gone to, or something like that. Yeah. So as most people know, I graduated from Iowa State, so there's going to be no surprise that all of these are going to be Iowa State games. Um, so one of my favorite sporting events that I've been to was when we won the Big 12 championship tournament in Kansas City last year. Um, I was still living in Tulsa, so it was kind of a spur-in-the-moment thing. It's like I watched all the games prior to the championship on TV, and then one of my fraternity brothers, who is still living here in Iowa, sent me a text. He's like, hey, do you want to like mess around and go watch Iowa State win the championship in KC this weekend? And it's like Tulsa's about a five-hour drive or so from KC, so yeah, we drove up to, well, we drove to Kansas City same day, and we got to watch Iowa State uh, beat them live. Oh, awesome. Uh, it was fantastic. Beating Kansas never gets old. <laughs> sure, sure. So is that is that a top one? Yeah, that's that's the top one I've been to in person for right. sure. Anything that you uh, like you think of that I would have loved to have gone to that or I want to go to that one someday? Yeah, um, the one if I could have gone like if we go back in time, 2015 Iowa State had some pretty good basketball going on back then, and we beat Kansas, and it was a top 15 matchup at the time. We beat Kansas in Hilton. And we came from behind. We were down at half. But the best part was, is like we got really, really hot. And Matt Thomas, and for those who don't know, Matt Thomas, he currently plays for the Raptors right now, actually. Um, he's He spent some time in Spain in the European leagues out there. And he's known for his three-point shooting. But at the end of the game against KU, to really put a punctuation on it, he managed to steal the ball from one of the Kansas players, and he was alone, ran it down, and he actually dunked it. And Hilton just lost their mind. So there's something about beating Kansas here in Iowa. Because it was about 10 years ago, right? You had you and I beat Kansas uh, to go to the Sweet 16. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, I mean. Ali Froekmanesh. He did probably the most just brave thing a mid-major guard could do against Kansas and go down stop at the three-point line and bury a three to just end it for Kansas. Yeah. And there's a camp connection here, too, because room 12 is uh, the UNI propaganda room. 
uh, here. You know, they have uh, College Hill Lutheran Church up in Cedar Falls has adopted that, and obviously that's the Northern Iowa Campus Ministry. Uh, they deck that room out in uh, purple and gold, mm-hmm. and a sign that says "We Beat Kansas." Yeah, um, they have they have a poster with the unscore and yeah, everything. So it's a it's a big deal for them yeah, winning in the NCAA tournament. It is, it is. Uh, so, um, well, for me, um, you know, my favorite. If I had to pick a top sporting event that I've ever been to, it's definitely uh, about 11 years ago. I was at uh, game 163. Uh, so this was the Twins versus the Tigers. It was the AL Central. Uh, uh, couldn't be decided in 162 games. There was a tie. It was the Twins' second year in a row where they had a uh, playoff, a one-game playoff to get into the playoffs. They lost the year before to the White Sox, and uh, the next year they tied with the Tigers, and we had a home game in Minneapolis. So I went to go see that with uh, my wife and my brother and my father. And uh, it was like a 12-inning game. It was back and forth, and the Twins won uh, on, the, on the bottom of the 12th. And it was a, a great experience. Uh, last win they ever saw in the Metrodome, because then they got swept by the Yankees, which tends to happen to the Twins. Yeah, I was about to ask you if they just lost to the if, Na- Yankees the next series. You because know, if that's... Pastor Ellingworth is listening, uh, who's leading the uh, uh, Singer High Retreat, uh, the rescheduled one, we'll talk about that later. If he is listening, uh, he is probably grinning ear to ear, because uh, he's a big Yankees fan, and, and he really... Uh, enjoys their dominance over over my Minnesota Twins. Um, but, yeah, they won that game. It was a great game. Last win that the Twins ever had in the Metrodome, I got to go to that. So, um, And then if there's every, anything I ever want to go to, I'd love to go to the Masters someday and just go see the golf course and, um, and watch that tournament. I think it's one of my favorite things to watch every year. I even take vacation time to just, you know, set up a bunch of – uh, of screens and watch the Masters for a couple days, so it's a guilty guilty pleasure of mine is is really watching watching the Masters. So, uh, so yeah. Oh, and going back to the Super Bowl, did you did you watch the Super Bowl? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually hosted a Super Bowl party at camp. Oh, you didn't even invite me. Well, you weren't available. Would you I have invited me? I probably would have offered. <laughs> well, did you have any good food? Um, honestly, for food, it's like it was. Pizza, um, some people brought, like, homemade dips and stuff for chips. And as far as food goes, it wasn't, like, an impressive spread. But it was a fun time because I've got a lot of uh, fraternity brothers and college friends in the area. And a lot of them have spouses and stuff. And so we don't get together all that often, all the Iowa City, Cedar Rapid, Beta Sigma, Psi, Alums. And a lot of us have dogs now. Now, could you clarify? You've Hold on, back up. Could you clarify? You've mentioned Beta Sig a lot. Mm-hmm. What is what is that? Uh, Beta Sigma Psi is a Lutheran fraternity, and Iowa State has a chapter, and okay. it's currently the only chapter in Iowa. Okay, well, neat. Well, good to know. Good to know that uh, that's over there. So, um, do, do they interact a lot with Memorial over? Yeah, uh, it's basically the main church that we go to. Uh, every, first Sunday of every month, we have Beta Sig Sunday, where we would go full formal, so we'd like wear suit, tie, everything, and we always sit in like the first like six rows oh, in front Lutherans. of the pulpit. Yeah, <laughs> it's honestly kind of weird not sitting in the front row at chapel, um, but it's just what we do. Sure, sure. Well, uh, so uh, good to talk about. Um, you know, 
sporting events, uh, favorite sporting events, not the Super Bowl's past, and, and uh, we're kind of in that. got March Madness coming up. Obviously, uh, is, is Iowa State going to go anywhere this year? Um, they... Unless Troy or um, Tyrese Halliburton has a miraculous recovery from his fractured wrist, we're not winning anything. All right, NIT. I don't even think we make NIT. Oh, we, really? We lost. CIT, or no, what's the other one? I couldn't tell you, but yeah. we, we lost by 29 points to Oklahoma, which is only like two spots ahead of us in the conference. Did you guys get beat by Kansas this year? We, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll just leave it at yeah. Yeah. Well, all right. We're going to go on to uh, uh, to talking about what's the point. Uh, and what's the point is our segment in the podcast where we talk about something uh, that we've come across and read and, and, and how it helps us to think about camp and why it's good and why, why what we do here at camp is so wonderful and beneficial for, for our campers that attend. And, uh, you know, Andrew and I were going through an article this last month about, you know, the detriment of screens and, 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 and the problems it causes with our, with our youth and young people, you know, who have undeveloped minds largely and, um, and, and what the effects of too much screen time are. But we, fa- we thought rather than, than trying to, you know, pick apart, you know, the negative impacts of screens, uh, it's it's not just that not being on screens is is going to um, not cause problems. Uh, you have to do something with the alternatives and the, the opportunities uh, that that does. And and consider you know what nothing but screen time does, um, you know to your habits and to your to your choices in in life. And so well, there's a, a article um, from uh, childmind.org. Uh, that we have here that uh, is a really great article about why kids need to spend time in nature and outdoors and and why that's a really wonderful and beneficial thing for kids and, and then how that applies to camp. And so there's a, a little bit of an article and we'll link it uh, in the descriptions here. But there are seven bullet points that um, really go to show why that's important and how it, how it directly ties into camp. So the first is it builds confidence. Um, and then the second one goes also with that. It promotes creativity and imagination. And I suppose when I think about that, these two are very much related. I think that creativity and imagination come before confidence, or at least are the building blocks of confidence. So when children have experience in, as it says here, in thinking freely, designing their own activities, and approaching the world in inventive ways, they know that they can take a blank slate and make something with it. If you don't have the building blocks of imagination and creativity, a completely unstructured playtime can be an overwhelming thing. You all know the phrase, only boring people get bored. Well, this can often be directly related to an inability to take an unstructured or undesirable situation and make something of it. Uh, At camp, uh, though many of our activities have structure and rules to them, they do allow for creativity and personality to shine through. But, and maybe to a finer point, our camp activities give campers enough structure to help them to find ways to be creative and imaginative, ultimately leading to confidence. So uh, I think that's what those first two really get at, building confidence, promoting creativity and imagination. Again, two huge things that we get to do at camp. The third point they talk about is teaching responsibility. And we all want our kids to grow up to be responsible adults that can take care of themselves. And Camp's a great place for that. Responsibility is a big thing here. Uh, we have many ways that we give campers opportunities to be responsible on their own. 
And if they're not, we do step in. We can help motivate them a little bit because, you know, they're still kids and motivation is good for them. Um, but we have a clean plate award, clean cabin award, uh, cabin duties to reinforce a sense of camp ownership because the I clean this, so I want to keep it clean is a mentality that comes naturally to pretty much anyone. When you put in the work to clean something, you want to keep it clean and it connects uh, consequences to their actions. So if I don't throw this away in a wastebasket, it's still going to be there and I might have to clean up later anyway. So they're more motivated to just throw their trash away in a trash bin. Uh, Horse Camp also does a great job teaching responsibility because the first day the kids are taught how to groom and saddle their horses. And then the rest of the week, for the most part, they're on their own on doing that. Um, Mm -hmm. If they're struggling, other campers that have done it before, they even come around and they help others uh, learn how to do it better or things of that nature. And our horse staff also do this too. But they are pretty much on their own, and they do a good job doing that. Uh, The fourth point is provides different stimulation. And at camp, if the weather allows us, we're outside pretty much 90% of the day and we worship outside, we study, do Bible studies outside, we play games and do activities outside, we have an outdoor pool, and we even do snack time outside. Uh, Outside engages all of our senses all the time, whether it's like we're hearing something, smelling something, uh, talking to other people, listening to other people, and all those things. Um, The real world can be stimulating to a point where our brain can actually Uh, actively filter out some things. For instance, have you ever noticed that you don't see your nose all the time unless you're thinking about it? I'm I'm trying to look at my nose right now. Yeah, just give it a minute. Oh, there it is. Yeah, see your nose. Um, So camp's immersion into nature can make us notice things that normally we'd tune out because it takes away some things that we normally tune out as well, like car noise something we tune out um sometimes we don't look at the night sky if we live in town because there's nothing to really look at well we have a pretty decent night sky here at camp when the clouds aren't there and it's like there's a lot of stuff that um we miss these things if we're not experiencing them at camp yeah definitely uh the next part is it gets kids moving well i don't want to say that camp is exercise i mean it is but i wouldn't i wouldn't think of it that way at camp, it, we teach kids to be active. We teach them to be up and about and to enjoy being active and up and about. Uh, obviously, we're hiking all over the place. We're doing games that involve running around. Uh, but, you know, for some kids, m- maybe the ones that aren't so active, they can get pretty tuckered out even by Tuesday. But it's amazing to see how resilient children are, especially when they're having fun. Uh, and by the end of the week, all our campers are, are primed for being more active uh, when they go home and, and go out into the world. Um, albeit after a weekend of sleep, because I know that sometimes the, the biggest comment I hear from parents is, oh, you did such a great job of tiring them out. They slept all weekend. <laughs> uh, so, But, you know, yeah, it's great uh, to be active, uh, to, um, to get uh, your laps in essentially here, running around camp, doing all these kind of fun things. Uh, and and that's, a big, that's a big thing that we are able to get outside in a way that we just can't replicate inside, especially with large groups of kids. And another point that they make is they say nature makes kids think. Um, So kids ask questions. This is something that parents probably are painfully aware of sometimes. 
Um, and camp is no exceptions. Uh, counselors get asked questions all the time. Uh, most of the time, it's what time is it or what are we doing next? But they do ask questions uh, about other things like the Bible study that we had that day or something they saw on the trail, like what kind of bird is that or what kind of tree is this, things of that nature. And they also ask questions on, like, why don't we do some things this way or that way? Uh, and it's an opportunity for us to explain those things uh, if we even know ourselves. Mm -hmm. And if we don't know ourselves, we usually try and find the answers for them. And sometimes we have to accept that we don't have all the answers, and that's okay, too, for them to learn. But we also have asked the pastor on Thursday every week of every full week of camp and when I was a counselor I enjoyed getting a chance to watch this because kids ask great questions um, but ask the pastor is when we get all the kids in a room where we're preparing for uh, wow or the passion play for that week and kids can ask pastors any theological question they want and the pastors love this yeah the pastors love it some of them refer to as uh, stump the pastor um, they get to answer all these questions, and if you're ever, you know, a counselor or staff on camp, it's like you almost want to get to watch this at least once or twice in the summer because you come away with a lot of uh, questions yourselves, and you also get some answers of some stuff that you maybe had in the back of your mind for some time. Yeah. Uh, the last point here is that being outside, um, it reduces stress and fatigue, um, and the first thing I th think about this, the first way I think about this one is getting away from the connected world and constant information. It is fatiguing. Um, and I'm sure many adults just recognize this as well as, you know, there's always a price to pay for, uh, for, for, for being available, for people always texting you, messaging you, all these things. Um, I've even uninstalled some messaging apps on my phone because I'm just... I, I don't want to get, I don't want people to try to contact me unless it's something super important, you know, after a certain time or hour of the day. Um, you know, many or most young people are spending at least, you know, on a conservative estimate, 30 to 35 hours a week on digital media. Uh, and we think that we know that we need to know everything right now, on-demand information. Uh, we don't have any digital media here at camp. And it's amazing to me when I look around the room or uh, like at lunch on Wednesday or Thursday, how much none of that matters. Uh, I know that there are a lot of times when parents come on Friday and the kids are asking for their phones right away. But I, I really wish, one thing I wish parents could see is their kids without devices. And what after a period of several days and how free they are, how engaged they are and everything that's going around and especially how happy they are. Um, you know, I think that life is exhausting of constantly being connected um, and being pacified potentially with the screen. Uh, but it's amazing to me to see how stress free that world can really be uh, when you when you when you take. Some I think camp professionals, we get to uh, see something that a lot of parents don't get to see because all the thing they, they have their kids in like the world as it is and at camp we can kind of control some of the inputs that get put into it so for example it's like we uh, remove devices um, so a lot of these kids don't have like their phones to go to for stuff so we're seeing a lot more face-to-face -face conversations 
Um, and is this kind of forms its own community within the week or mini week that they're here. Um, a lot of these kids form friendships that they make at camp. And sometimes it's like if they met outside before this, they might not have been friends before they came to camp. But then they come to camp and you take away all these other, uh, we can say, distractions. And they have talked to each other and they find common ground or stuff to bond over. Um, even if that's just, you know, their faith in Christ or uh, just camp experiences in general. and Or a singing contest like Dylan had with Janelle yeah. back at camp way back when. Yeah, it's like they get these shared experiences and they bond over that. And it's really cool to see that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, great things that we get to partake in here at camp. This being outdoors, what it does for our, our kids, not just in... Um, you know, obviously, there's the spiritual aspect of camp, the Bible study, the study of God's word, um, and and what that what that does for their faith here, but also the practical ways in which camp is really beneficial for kids. And you know, Andrew, it's not just about being on a device; it's the content that's available. You know, uh, I, I know that as kids, as I alluded to earlier, they're not when they're watching shows for 30 hours a week or something like that. You know, they're not reading their study Bible uh, on their on their iPads or their you know their phones. Uh, that time, it's it's the content. Yeah, and we were kind of talking back and forth when we were talking about this original article that we were thinking about talking about, and how it almost seemed like to try and pit like the physical use of a screen versus like reading. Mm-hmm. As and we were thinking, it's like, well, that's not the whole story. The whole story is like, what are they looking at? when they're on the device because usually it's not like reading news stories or books or anything like that. It's in taking certain videos or playing some sort of flash game or something of that nature. So coming up here in March, uh, March 2nd here, uh, we're at the end of February right now, but March 2nd, we do have our early bird registration deadline. So uh, first discount, basically, uh, you can save up to $35 on a week of camp. So make sure that you get your registrations for summer camp in. It's a great chance to save some money right now by getting those registra- registrations in. Uh, brochures got mailed out a couple weeks ago, and uh, um, churches uh, throughout our district and eastern Iowa should also uh, have gotten a packet this week. Or very shortly here uh, with uh, posters and brochures coming up for, for summer camps. So, um, yeah, so Andrew got some uh, dates there for us uh, about what's coming up. Yeah, first day of summer camp is June 17th, and a reminder that the theme is Teach Us to Pray. And we also moved the Higher Things Confirmation Camp to the end of our summer season, so that is now August 4th through 7th. Yeah, we did have it uh, in a little earlier in July, but we just had enough trouble booking speakers and um, uh, for that. So we ended up moving it out back to where it was normally. So really hoping a lot of people can come to that again this year. Uh, I think the theme is baptism and the Lord's Supper this year. So looking forward to having that. What else we got coming up this spring, Andrew? Uh, April 4th, we have the Iowa District East Lutheran Hour Ministry Convention. Uh, Dr. Reverend Anthony Cook, uh, Vice President of Global Ministries, he'll be sharing how global outreach efforts are reaching others with the gospel message. Great. Uh, registration opens for uh, that at 9 a.m. on the 4th. Uh, convention starts at 10 a.m. and will end about 4 p.m. Registration is 12 bucks, 15 at the door that day. 
does include a meal and some snacks. Uh, please register by March 29th. Um, so uh, the registration for that for that is available at the camp's website. And yeah, so that's what's coming up there. Uh, and what else do we have coming up this spring, Andrew? We also have the rescheduled IDE Senior High Retreat with Pastor John Ellingsworth of St. John Waverly. He'll be leading a topic of proclaiming the gospel in the secular age and as April 24th through the 25th. Great. Looking forward to that. Hoping uh, plenty of people can make it out for that. A couple other things we have going on is uh, May 2nd. We have our spring cleanup here. Uh, so we certainly need your help in getting camp ready for its its you know busy season here of camping. And so there's several projects that need to be done. A lot of cleanup around the main site that, that can go on. And one of the projects we're thinking about using for this is the Omega Lodge boardwalk and maybe some of the surrounding deck. Now, it certainly needs to be um, restained and maybe even some boards need to be uh, changed out. So uh, those will be the, the projects that we're looking to do at our spring cleanup. So uh, we normally get started around 8 a.m. Um, you can come anytime really throughout the day, but it'll be over uh, sometime mid-afternoon. We do have lunch available for all the people that come and help out. It's a great fun time, so you can come with yourself, your family, your youth group, your men's group, uh, ladies group, whatever. Uh, we certainly love to have you guys come out, help out and volunteer and get our camp beautiful for the camping season. So, And Andrew, um, as we were looking back earlier, uh, we can look back at uh, uh, where we went to. We went to uh, Nebraska, the uh, very warm and sunny state of Nebraska. Was it warm when we were there? Uh, warmer in comparison, maybe. But it got cold a couple days. It definitely it? wasn't sunny. Here. No, it was for a day. The first Like day. half a day. Half a day. Okay. Well, my memory is not... Not good, apparently. Uh, but we went over to Nebraska City, Nebraska, just south of Omaha, uh, for our uh, NALOMA conference. NALOMA stands for National Lutheran Outdoor Ministry Association. It's an association of, of our Lutheran camp professionals, and uh, um, you know, they're with those uh, memberships, we have our camps have partner benefits with those too. So, um, so, anyways, we went to there. Andrew, any uh, any highlights or anything that you look back at at the uh, at the conference and you walked away with and said, "Hey, there's a cool nugget that um, that applies to what we get to do here at camp." Yeah, we had a session where we talked about communication and leading discussions in small groups, and kind of a theme of that one that we went to was talking about how we equip our summer staff to better lead these conversations, not only with their cabin groups, but also interacting with um, the parents and other adults, because there's a lot of college kids out there sometimes when they first reach college, they really don't know how to talk to adults like professors, advisors, parents, and other people like that. So we get an opportunity to better equip our staff to succeed even after camp. Yeah, definitely. Well, and that is a, one of the big reasons why we go to the Naloma Conference is because we have uh, what's called joint recruitment. Uh, we recruit together with a lot of our other partner camps and, and members in Naloma. Um, essentially, uh, you know, selecting staff in what's kind of like a draft process, but not really. But there's several rounds to it, and it's a, it's really about placing the right people at the right camps. And so we were able to round out several members of our summer staff and secure them. Um, and I know we're still looking looking for some summer staff. What were some of those, Andrew? Yeah, we're, we're looking for a couple guy counselors, a couple of curl counselors, a day camp manager, uh, a zip master, or for those who don't know, they run our rock wall and zip line, and also a horse wrangler, which basically assists the horse barn manager 
in doing our horse program. Yeah, but we do have several staff in place looking forward to um, uh, uh, to, to having them on site and, and serving as wonderful Christian role models for, for all the kids that come to camp and, and servants really for all the other groups and uh, uh, that that come through here over the course of the summertime. Um, you know, a highlight for me, Andrew, was um, was certainly the swimming pool, the Olympic size swimming pool. Uh, I, I don't know if it was an Olympic size hot tub, uh, but it was pretty impressive how many people we were able to fit in one hot tub. Well, the rule said six, but uh, we what? Def- That's it. We definitely had twelve in there at, at least. Some point. Twelve guys. I think the water was overflowing. Yeah, some of us had to just put our legs in instead of our whole people in because we were draining it. Oh, that's fine. Uh, that was fun. We played a, 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 a... Did the game have a name? We played... It was like Ultimate Frisbee, but in the pool. Yeah, they, they ended up just calling it Pool Ultimate Blitz. Yeah. And it was just purely made well, up. We were playing with one of those pool toys that sink to the bottom. Okay. And it was very, very hard to catch. I wasn't and, sure if it was like a dog toy or something. You know, it's like one of those things a dog would hold on to while you're trying yeah. to take it away from him. Yeah, it was one of those like little foot-long stick things that people practice diving with and that's what we did only thing we could find because we couldn't find any ball in the whole hotel hey it worked it was a lot of fun Uh, that's what happens when you get these camp people together is um you know we talked earlier in the episode about imagination and creativity and confidence and some of those things well you know us camp people are very well versed in all that and so you just give us uh, the bare minimums and we'll make a all-out sport out of it it was pretty intense for a little bit so well, I just want to go on and thank everybody for all the support that we received in the end of 2019. Um, we had a significant donation deficit going into the fourth quarter last year. Uh, thankfully, we still had a really good year overall due to a great summer camp attendance and to our retreat income, but we were really faced with a large uh, donation deficit going into the fourth quarter. Uh, but thanks to so many of the of our donors and supporters, uh, we were able to make up almost all of that. Uh, and so uh, what a great end to 2019 for us. Thank you so much to all who supported the camp and who continue to support the camp. Uh, some great ways to keep supporting the camp and our mission uh, going forward, especially in the spring, is uh, first, our Camp Scholarship Fund. If you're looking to support camp and directly support its mission of providing Christ-centered education, recreation, and inspiration to all of our guests, uh, there's no better place to start than by donating to the Camp Scholarship Fund. Uh, this gets kids who need financial aid to uh, make their summer camp experience a reality, it helps get them out to camp, and then it also provides uh, reduced uh, cost f- uh, for camp for fa- kids who come from families uh, who haven't sent kids to the camp before. So it's a great way in which we're able to recruit new families to the camp. So uh, donating, to the ca- donating to the Camp Scholarship Fund is a great way you can support our mission. Um, a few other great ways, Thrivent Choice. If you're a Thrivent member, uh, you have until March 31st uh, to designate your 2019 choice dollars. So those don't end at the end of 2019. You have a few months yet to designate those. So please do that. If you're a Thrivent member and you haven't yet donated your choice dollars or, or all of your choice dollars for 2019, make sure to do that by March, 30, March 31st. And then another great Thrivent way to support us is if you are a Thrivent member, action teams. Um, if you have an idea about a project that could be done here at camp, contact us. We'd love to work with you on that idea. Um, if you don't have an idea, contact us nonetheless, and we have plenty of projects uh, that we could easily use support and seed money to uh, to to um, 
bring to life. So we would really appreciate your support in those ways. So again, some three three great ways you can support Camp Iodeseca coming up here is donating to the Camp Scholarship Fund, donating your and designating your Thrivent Choice Dollars if you're a Thrivent member, and then also if you're a Thrivent member, Thrivent Action Teams are a great way to start projects up. So it'll be a great opportunity to work with Dylan, our new site manager, who was on the podcast earlier, uh, and get to know him and work on some projects with him. So thank you guys very much for all of the wonderful support that we have received here at Camp Iodeseca. All right, well, uh, that's all we got today. A little bit longer of an episode. Yeah, it's kind of what we get for pushing this off for two and a half, three weeks. <laughs> oh, burn. All right. Well, uh, from us at Camp Iasica, uh look forward to seeing you guys on camp sometime soon, and God's blessings. Bye. Yep.